Uh, I am excited to be here this morning. Thank you so much for that, that worship time. I don't know if y'all enjoyed it. I did. Um, we're going to be continuing our series that we've been on, on essentials. Um, Jeremy, just making sure we've got the PowerPoint ready to go. There we go. All right. Sweet. Uh, I am excited to be talking about this morning, the essentials of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and this was this was really exciting for me just to uh, be able to to study and to just uh, dig into because if you Google you know just questions about the Holy Spirit you're going to find some pretty interesting questions online um, because to be honest you know the Holy Spirit uh, in the in the Trinity he's probably the one that that's misunderstood the most um, we we here at DCF you know in our our, our mission statement. Uh, we believe in transforming lives through grace and encountering, encountering the Holy Spirit. So obviously for us, the Holy Spirit is, is a big aspect of, of us as a church. Um, and this morning, just a, a disclaimer, I don't know how long the sermon's going to be. It could be 20 minutes, it could be an hour, I don't know, hopefully not an hour. Um, but I don't, I don't want you to get the idea that somehow this morning I'm going to be able to unravel the mysteries of the, the Trinity and explain that. For those of you that know me well enough, you probably knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, so, no, this morning my, my intent, my, my heart is to just give the Holy Spirit his due this morning. Um, because, you know, like I said before, he's, he's probably the most misunderstood. You know, I, I kind of liken it to, you know, if the Trinity showed up at a party, you know, God, God comes in the door. He's like, oh, God, hey, how are you doing? Jesus comes in mind. Hey, oh, Jesus, so glad you could come. The Holy Spirit, hey. You know, we don't know how to handle him, you know. I'm, I'm going to knock this over. I'm going to move this up. So in, in preparing for this message, I, I found many an interesting question online. And I just want to tackle some of the big questions that, that I found that, that talk about, you know, the Holy Spirit. So, just the first one, who or what is the Holy Spirit? Which I feel like that is the big encompassing question most people have. Uh, does the Holy Spirit work today like he did in the New Testament? Is the job of the Holy Spirit to convict me of sin? Why can I not always hear the Holy Spirit? And is the Holy Spirit on the same level as God and Jesus? I'll go ahead and knock that first, that last one off. Yes. So, um, <laughs> no, we, oft, we often, you know, think whether, whether we actually say it or, you know, we, we, at some point in my life, I, I, I believe that, you know, like the Holy Spirit, God's up here, the Holy Spirit is just a notch below. You know, he's like God's assistant, you know. Um, but really, you know, he, he's, he's on the same level. He, he was... He's part of the Trinity. It's not like, like somehow he is inferior in any way. Um, and the Holy Spirit, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tackle that first question now. Who or what is the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, he, he's not a, a what. He's a who. Um, I, I know a lot, of, a lot of people have described the Holy Spirit almost like he's the force in Star Wars, like he's somehow this, this essence or object you know, and, and that's not the case. He, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a person, you know. Uh, I wouldn't like to be called it, 
you know. Um, so first off, yeah, the Holy Spirit is a person. And uh, if we look in Scripture, he's, he's mentioned throughout Old Testament and New. The first time that, that he's, he's not directly mentioned in the Old Testament like he is, in, he is in the New. But, you know, if you look at Genesis where God's creating everything, he says, let us make man in our image. The us, that, that is the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is there. Um, and we kind of forget to realize that we're made in the image of the Holy Spirit as well. Um, and, and throughout the Old Testament, there's, there's mentions of the Spirit of the Lord fell upon, you know, judges and, and just people in the Old Testament. You know, I, I believe that's the Holy Spirit. You know, that you can't, I, I, I can understand it doesn't say the Holy Spirit, but it, it's kind of easy to make that link, you know. Uh, why, why wouldn't it be? So, the first time that we actually see the Holy Spirit mentioned directly as the Holy Spirit was in the New Testament. And just to, to set this up, uh, after Jesus' resurrection, obviously he was spending a little bit of time on earth before he ascended back in, up into heaven. So he's with his disciples, and he's explaining to them, you know, I'm going to have to leave, but I'm going to be sending someone to help you out while I'm gone. So if we look in John 14... 16 through 17, says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you will know him, for he lives within you and will be with you. So right off the bat, here a description for the Holy Spirit is he is an advocate. Now the first rule of teaching and, and preparing a sermon, you always have to take a word and associate it in the encyclopedia. It's just a given, you know. So I did that. So the advocate in the encyclopedia actually comes out as a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy. And I like that because the policy that the Holy Spirit is advocating is the new covenant and the law of grace. So the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach He's a teacher, and he's there to remind us of the things that Christ did on earth. See, the relationship that, that Christ had with the disciples was, you know, he discipled them. That's why he, they were his disciples. So he taught them. He, he uh, grew them spiritually. And so that's, that's the exact same job the Holy Spirit has for us now. He's there to teach us and remind us not only the things that Christ did on earth, remind us that we are now in a new covenant in this law of grace and no longer under this, this, this law that, that, that somehow chains us, uh, reminding us that we're, we're, you know, we're once sinners. You know? it's, it's a new covenant. And we look on further into that same chapter. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So again, just reiterating, you know, he's, he's there to guide us. He's there to teach us. He's playing an active role in our lives. And then in Luke eleven thirteen, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, no, much more, uh, much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Again, he's, he's a good gift. There's nothing about the Holy Spirit that, that, that is meant to, to make us, you know, get 
gets sick to our stomach like it's somehow uh, he's, he's here to, to remind us, you know, every time we fall short. He's, he's only here to help us and be, be good to us. So the next question, does the Holy Spirit work today like he did in the New Testament? This is, this is a question that really um, a lot of people will go back and forth. Uh, Dave kind of mentioned this last week during his sermon about uh, cessationism. Uh, so that, that basically, if, if you don't know what that is, it's the idea that the Holy Spirit does not work today as he did in the, in the New Testament with uh, miracles, working in powers, you know, speaking in tongues, uh, you know, things of that nature. Um, obviously, here at DCF, we would kind of disagree with that, um, and just, just a little bit. But if we look in Acts chapter 2, now, I want to set this up because after Jesus ascended up into heaven, you know, he promised that he was going to send a helper, an advocate. So what the disciples did, they gathered together, uh, I believe it was like 40 days or so, something like that, uh, where they were just prayed and they were waiting, waiting for, for this, this advocate to come, this helper, this spirit of truth. And uh, they were probably nervous. You know, it's almost like a first date. You know, you don't, you don't know anything about the person. You know, are they going to like me? I don't know. So, I mean, it, it's just they're just waiting in anticipation. So, Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were still uh, sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, uh, I don't know if you can tell from the verse, but the Holy Spirit didn't necessarily come and knock on the door or ring the doorbell before coming in. Uh, he came in power. Um, I, I love the, the first aspect of it, you know, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. I love nature. I love storms. Um, Shark Week is my jam. It, it, it's, nature just has a way of humbling you quickly if you don't respect it. And I, I love being outside during a storm and just the wind starts, picks up. It just sends a chill down my back, you know. Because it's just, it's just this raw power that I have no control over, you know. And I would probably say there may be once or twice in my lifetime where I've seen a storm where I would describe it as violent. You know, just the wind was violent. Um, there's plenty of times where I'm like, that, that wind was rough. Uh, but the, the word violent there, I think, just speaks volumes of how the Spirit showed up. You know, just, I'm sure everything was just blowing around. It just, it's almost unnerving. Um, and then go on ahead, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each other. I don't know if this was real fire that just didn't burn them, or if this was just, you know, they just had visions of what appeared to be fire uh, that rested on each other. Either way, again, pretty intimidating. Like, if that happened here, you know, that would be something you would probably remember the rest of your life, you know. Um, and then, not only that, but they began to speak in tongues 
uh, as the Holy Spirit enabled them. Any one of these things happening in a church service by themselves is, that, that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna shake you, that's going to jolt you, you know? I feel like I, if that happened here, I would need like, you know, it's just uh, some comfort food and a nap afterwards, you know? But to, for all three to happen at once, this, you know, the Holy Spirit just kicks in the door, it comes in, violent wind, fire, 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 you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking in tongues. That's, that's nothing that's, you know, timid, you know? The Holy Spirit came and he moved in power because that's who he is. Now, as I, as I said before, there, there are uh, Christians who, who really believe, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that anymore. Um, John MacArthur, who is a, a famous theologian, um, you know, he's very wise, and he, 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 d- he does say a lot of good things. He is one that, that really falls into this uh, cessationist kind of movement, and he really does not like the charismatic movement. I went to his website um, and pulled this up, if it all. There, okay. This is direct from his website. The Holy Spirit does not give visions. Contrary to that whole movement, charismatic movement, does not give current revelations, does not enable people to speak in tongues, does not give people future prophecies, does not do fake miracles. I don't even know what a fake miracle is. I feel like if a miracle is a miracle. It's not like it's fake. If it, if it didn't happen, it's not a miracle. It's like, it's like being, you know, pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not, you know. It's not, it's not kind of pregnant. Well, you know, medical, medical terminology would differ with you there. Um, but if we look further on in that same chapter, in Acts chapter 2, uh, the disciples, after all this happened, they began speaking in tongues. And people started to notice, you know, uh, so much so that a large crowd, you know, was gathering around them. And they started just declaring and preaching the gospel right away in, in these different tongues. And it kind of freaked some people out. You know, uh, the people started saying, aren't these, aren't these Galileans? I mean, aren't these fishermen from Galilee, the, the, the guys that were with Jesus? That's a nice way of saying, these guys aren't that smart. They, they shouldn't be able to just be speaking in these different languages, you know, if, we're, if we break that down. Uh, and, and Peter, being Peter, uh, in boldness stands up and says, you know, hey, we're not drunk as some of you have, have accused us of being, you know. It's, it's not even 11 o'clock, you know. We're, we're, we're not drunk. We're being, being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And what he does is he, pick up here, he uses an Old Testament scripture to justify what they're, they're saying in Acts chapter 2, 16 through 19. Now this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire 
and billows of smoke. I love that last part just because it's, it's awesome. I, if I ever saw that again, I would be freaking out. Even, even if I recognize this is, this is God, this is a good thing, it's just, it's not something you see every day. Um, but to go back to the claim that John MacArthur has, if we, look at this, if we look at this verse, it pretty much, you know, flies in the face of it. You know, he says, Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't enable people to prophesy or give future revelations or see visions or, 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 you know, just dream dreams. He doesn't do fake miracles. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear right there. Um, because if we, if we look at this verse, because this is the only scripture that Peter uses to justify what happened as far as these, these, these tongues, these, these miracles that they're seeing. If we look at that verse... I would say that even John MacArthur would say Peter's justified to use this to, to you know, justify what's going on. So if we look at the verse and it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, I'll be honest, growing up, I, I, I had this misconception of what the last days were. Uh, I think a lot of people will associate the last days with the, just the revelations, like that time of period where, you know, you know, before Christ comes, you know, things get bad, and then Christ comes. Those are the last days. Um, which that really doesn't even give, like, any kind of parameter of time. You know, is that a year before that happens? That there's, uh, if we really think about that, that mindset, it really just, like, that doesn't make sense. Um, because even Scripture doesn't give any parameters of time around that. So I, I think that's an incorrect way of thinking about the last days. So... For Peter to use that verse to say, in the last days, these things will happen. This is what you're seeing. Obviously, that means they were in the last days. Last days started right then and there at Pentecost. And so, 2 plus 2 equals 4, since Jesus has not come back, we are also in the last days. So this scripture is justifying that the Holy Spirit still moves today as well. And also for the simple fact, show me a scripture that says the Holy Spirit only works during this time and it's not for now. You know, if you can show me that, I'm, I'm willing to concede this, this argument. <laughs> but, but you can't. The Holy Spirit moved uh, in gifts of power in the, whole, in the New Testament in tongues and prophecy and dreams and visions and healing and, and things that, that are just, honestly, they're not seen much these days in, you know, uh, first world countries. And, I, and to, to people who, who kind of lean towards the cessationist side of it, being a devil's advocate, I think, I think the reason they, they fight against this, they kick against it, is because, you know, these gifts that the Holy Spirit moves in, they, they can be abused by us. Um, I think you can see that, uh, especially, you know, where, where the Spirit is, is definitely moving. A lot in third world countries, you're, you're seeing people that are raised from the dead, healings. And, and sometimes, you know, in immaturity, uh, some of these, these cultures will, will marry this, this Christianity with some of the, their cultural uh, religious beliefs like animism and, and whatnot, so it really looks, sometimes it looks ugly. 
and it's, it's not meant to be that way. Uh, but these, these gifts are just that. They're, they're gifts. They're meant to be, to be used to glorify God, to edify one another, according to Scripture. And so if we see them being abused, it's easy to want to say no and to kick, up, kick against that and say, you know, pretty much throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, but I, I, I really think that if we, if we fall into that mindset, we're not allowing us to experience the Holy Spirit in his fullness the way this relationship is meant to work. It, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like if, if your job is to dig a hole, a very big hole, and you have a backhoe as opposed to just a regular spade shovel, um, there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm going to dig this hole with this shovel. You're still digging a hole. You're still doing what you're meant to do. But if you have access to a big backhoe, it makes the work much easier. Um, so I, I really feel like, you know, I'm not trying to say anyone that, that says, you know, cessatious, I don't think the Holy Spirit moves today like he did in the New Testament. I'm not trying to say in any way they're somehow less Christian or anything like that. N- no, I mean, I really think they're, they're, they're full of, of life and love God and, and, and have wisdom. I just feel like they're more or less shutting themselves off from, from a lot of the, the gifts and the growth that comes with allowing the Holy Spirit to move and just minister uh, through us to one another or directly to us, you know. Um, so I just, I just think that, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's my argument for, for that, you know. Case closed, in my, in my opinion. But let's go on to the next question. Is the Holy Spirit, is his job to convict me of my sin? Now, growing up, not having a good understanding of the Holy Spirit and everything, I would have said yes. Um, and, I, and I feel like there are a lot of Christians out there, whether they come out and say yes directly to that question, they somehow believe it in how they um, approach, you know, sin and, and the Holy Spirit. They, they get in a mindset that, that yeah, you know, that's, that's his job. That's what he does, you know. God wants me to live a, a whole and pure life, which he does. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to say that, that somehow um, the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to, to do the right thing or that he, he somehow is like, it's okay, you can do that, you know. That's sin, that's whatever. No, but um, if, if we think that, that he's just there to, to beat us down with our sin, again, I think you have a, a huge misunderstanding of, of what his relationship with us is meant to be. If we look in John chapter 16, 7 through 15, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus talking. For I do not go away for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I'm going to take a quick pause because my mouth is a little dry. All right. So if we, if we break this, this scripture down, 
it says he convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But he says in the verse, concerning sin, because they don't believe in me. Now, we heard earlier that Jesus told his disciples they, they won't believe him, Holy Spirit, because they don't see him, they don't know him. Well, this, this scripture right here is talking about the world, the non-believer. Yes, the Holy Spirit does convict those that don't believe in Christ, in this new covenant, that he is, he is our Savior and he was raised from the dead. He convicts those of, of, of sin, you know. Uh, that, that's the whole, the whole purpose. of well, That was the whole purpose of the law, is to kind of show a mirror in front of us and that we can't do this on our own. This is, this is what perfection looks like. And Jesus came in and he even took that to another level. It's like, you think you can keep these laws and, and be okay? You can't because even this is, is, if you're doing this, you're breaking the entire law. And that's what the Holy Spirit is, is meant to do to, to the world as far as, as those that don't believe. He does convict of sin. Now, concerning righteousness, he convicts of righteousness because Jesus says, I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Now, this is directly speaking to Christians because he's talking to the disciples, again, who he was on earth, he taught, he ministered to, he discipled. And he's saying, convicting of righteous because I'm going to the Father. I'm not going to be here any longer. I'm coming back, but you'll see me no longer until I return. The Holy Spirit was meant to come and convict us, those that believe, of our righteousness. He's meant to come in and remind us, again, that we're no longer under the law. We're under the law of grace, that, that, that we're not sinners anymore. We're, we're In the eyes of God, we are new creations, according to Scripture. We're new creatures. And he, concerning judgment, because the rule of the world is judged. He comes in and he, and obviously judgment there is talking about the enemy, Satan. He comes in and he says to Satan, you know, you're done. You've lost. I've come in and I've changed the game, you know. I've come in and, and, and you no longer have any authority in this world because I have, I have given them a new covenant. I want to I wanna kind of explain the difference between conviction of sin and righteousness. I feel like I've done that so far, but I, I feel like there's, there's a, a better way to describe it. Um, hopefully it, it may give those of you that kind of, you know, question the difference, um, give you a better understanding. If we look at conviction of sin, uh, we've, we've all kind of heard this going on in our minds at some point or the other. Um, you know, when we mess up, it's almost like we, we hear God, even though it's not God. We, it's like we hear God saying, you messed up again. How could you? This is, this is not this is not what you're supposed to do, and you keep doing it. You know, I, I, I do this for you. I send my son, and this is, what you, this is how you repay me for that. You know, you, you have messed up big time. You have got to make this right. You know, you've got to get on your hands and knees, and you've got to pray. Pray hard and grovel until I give you a warm and fuzzy, 
and you can stand up and start listening to me and, and doing. Don't think about going over there and praying for that person right now because you are dirty. Don't, don't think about going and, and just speaking truth in this person's life or even just sitting here and worshiping me because I'm not having it. I'm turning my back on you right now because you are so disgusting. That's what conviction of sin really looks like. Uh, I want to show you a clip because every time I've been up here, I've shown a movie clip. I like movies. I, the movies are, are th- something that I think God really uses to, to, to speak to me and you know, kind of reveal these little nuggets of truth. I mean, I know I'm not the only one. There's, there's more of us out there. Um, but yeah, this, the clip I want to show you is a clip from one of the Rocky movies. Um, and it, it, just to give you kind of a setup for the scene, Rocky's about to do a big fight. He's old now. Um, and uh, his son, who has made a life for himself, doesn't really want him to go through with the fight because it, it's kind of embarrassing for him and what he's trying to do. Um, so I, I want to show this clip. And just as a, as a disclaimer, for those of you that are watching online, uh, we weren't able to, to be able to show the clip where the audio and the visual, uh, video will uh, kind of sync so what you're going to be seeing is uh, just a, a screen of the Essentials banner, and you'll hear the audio. But if you'd like to, to watch the video at the end of the service, we're going to put that link into the comments. So this is the clip. You know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, what, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself. And this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only going to end up bad for you, and it's going to end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah, in a way you are. It's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? You ain't going to believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame. Like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. 
You're better than that! I'm always gonna love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother. Man, I love that clip. It makes me just want to like go out and do like a bunch of push-ups or run. You know, it just gets me. It gets me psyched. Um, but I, I love this clip because it comes from the, the approach of just a father who loves his son. Uh, he he doesn't hold back any punches. Uh, he he tells it like it is. But he reminds his son of who he is, and he reminds him that I love you. You know. And that's what the Holy Spirit does, you know. He, he comes in and says, oh, my gosh, you know, I love you. I, I, I knew you before you were born. I was, I was there. I, I knit you in your mother's womb. I created you to be this, this, this new creation that, that is able to just make such an impact in the world. You're, you're, you're my son. You're my daughter. And I will always love you. Nothing that you will ever do will change that. You will always be my son. And you, when, you, when you go and, and, and you mess up, you're, 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 you're more than that. You are greater than that. that. That's what conviction of righteousness is. It's not reminding of us how we messed up. It's reminding of us of what we're meant to be and who we are. I also like this slip because it, Again, it, it's, it's a father who loves his son, and we oftentimes forget that the Holy Spirit loves us as much as God the Father, as much as Jesus did. We, we, we look at those, those relationships of God the Father and God the Son, and we, we understand them because they're familiar to us. We, we don't know how to, to really associate with the Holy Spirit, but he loves us just as much as the Father Why can I not always hear the Holy Spirit? The big misconception is that somehow or another when we mess up, the Holy Spirit just leaves. Um, somehow he just turns our, our, our back on us, or his back on us. And that's just, just not the case. As, as, we, as we see you know, earlier in, in John 14, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever. Holy Spirit is here with us all the time. And as we, as we said, he loves us just as much as the Father. I don't know about you, but if, if my dad was with me 24-7, uh, he's surely, surely not going to be mute the whole time, you know. It's not like he's just going to be there just watching, you know. My, my dad is a man of few words, but he says stuff, you know. 
And he loves me very much, and he certainly is going to do everything he can to let me know that on a daily basis. So why would the Holy Spirit be silent with us every day? It's, it's, not, that, it's not that he's not talking. It's that we're not listening. He is constantly wanting to teach us, to guide us, to remind us who we are, whose we are. I think, I think the, the, the first step, you know, and Dave talked about this last week, the first step of, of being able to hear the Holy Spirit, I think, is, is honestly having a good foundation in Scripture, you know? And, and, and it's, not to, it's not to try to put Scripture on, on a pedestal uh, up here with the Trinity, you know? That's, that's not the way it was designed. But Scripture is, is just truth, that gives us a good foundation to be able to separate what is, what is true and what is not. And if, if we don't have that, that good foundation, I, I think it, it's going to be easy for us to be swayed by what, what we hear because sometimes the enemy is going to come in and he's going to say something that has, has a little hint of truth to it. But there's a little bit of lie in there that will really divert you off course. Um, so obviously having that, that foundation to be able to, to kind of weed out the truth from the lie is, is vital. And secondly, praying, you know. The Holy Spirit's con- constantly talking to us. In a relationship, it's two ways, you know. If, if my wife and I, if she's constantly just telling me, you know, I love you, you know, talking to me, and I'm sitting there, you know, not saying anything, that's not a healthy relationship, you know. That's, that's not going to bode well uh, down the line. Um, and with the Holy Spirit, it's the same way, you know. We're, we're meant to, to be in communication with him because he's always wanting to tell us something. I promise you, if you will just listen, he's always wanting to share something with us. Um, the Holy Spirit constantly wants to remind us that we are adopted sons and daughters, and that we are created for a new purpose and wanting to, to, to guide us into what that purpose is. Uh, in John 10, 3 and 14, that's, that's what that is right there, the comma. I didn't know how to do that, so it's two separate verses, but I didn't know how to separate them. But anyways, uh, Scripture says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. So again, it's about knowing the voice of the shepherd because you spend time with him. You're you're listening to him. You're talking to him. So, why is the Holy Spirit essential? my life. If you can't kind of gather that by now, I feel like you haven't been listening. But, um, but in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. We no longer as Christians have to try to somehow 
measure our goodness up against the law. Because to do that is, is to go back into the old covenant, you know, and, and we chain ourselves to that, and, and we're, we're putting our, ourselves in a relationship uh, not how it was meant to be with, with God, you know. Uh, we're meant to, to be full of, like Scripture says, love, joy, peace, patience, you know. These, this, is, this is the new covenant. This, this is what we're supposed to be filled with, not like, Thou shalt not. It's, it's this, thou shalt be full of patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. This is the new covenant. This is what, what the Holy Spirit is, is trying to, to teach us, to fill us with. Because Christ fulfilled the law, and as new creatures we are no longer under the law, but of grace. Romans 6.14. In 2 Corinthians 517, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I, I love this scripture. Because for a long, long time, I really did not understand the value of what this means. Whenever I would read it, I'd really look at us being new creations as a, as a metaphor for being saved. Um, and I think if you just really just keep it locked into that, that perspective, I really feel like you're missing the value of what the scripture brings because we are literally new creations in Christ. We're new creations that have a new purpose. I've spoken uh, another, another teaching about identity where I shared another movie clip Go figure. Um, but it was from Man of Steel, a uh, Superman movie, for those of you that may not be familiar with it. It's Superman. It's pretty mainstream. You should know who that is if you don't. Um, anyways, the, the, the scene that I showed was uh, Clark is with his father there in the barn, and Clark's father is finally sharing with him the truth of who Clark is. He shows him the spacecraft that he arrived in. And you know, for, for a child, I'm sure that's pretty overwhelming. <laughs> I'm not even human. Um, but the idea that, that, you know, he's not of this world. And he says to his dad, can't I just be your son? And uh, his father responds, you are my son. But out there somewhere, you have another father who calls you by a different name. And he sent you to this world for a very specific reason. And you owe it to yourself, even if it takes the rest of your life, to find out what that reason is. As new creations, we have a very specific purpose, each and every one of us. And I'm not talking about like a general overall mission that we're all doing together. Yes, that's true, but each one of us individually was created for a very specific purpose. And we owe it to ourselves to find out what that purpose is. What does it mean to be a new creation as David? That's all that's expected of me is to live as that new creation. I, I feel like we get overwhelmed a lot in life 
uh, on what it, what it means to be a Christian as far as like how, how am I, the, the, that phrase, how am I Jesus to others, you know? I think we, we tend to, to look at, you know, other people that seem to have it going on right or other, other believers that are way further down the road than us spiritually and we want to somehow compare ourselves to that. That's what I'm supposed to be. And that's not the case. That's not the case. They're their, own, they're their own creation. God made them to be who they are, and he made us to be who we are. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal that, that that's this new identity. And he wants us to be able to live in that identity. Nothing else. It's kind of freeing if you think about it. All I have to do is live as God created me to be. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, God reveals, the Holy Spirit reveals who we are in many different ways. Through his word, he'll use each other. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've had many of you here uh, speak a word of truth or, or something that really just spoke to the heart, the core of who God created me to be. I, I, I still feel like I'm still discovering who I am as a new creation. And I feel like I'm still going to, there, there's still going to be many, many years. I'll probably spend the rest of my life trying to figure that out. But it, it's, it's something that's worth discovering. It's something that's worth digging into. Because again, that's all we're meant to be. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Be that new creation. That's why he's essential. I, I hope I, I've, I've done what I've set out to do this morning. I, I hope that I... For you, I've been able to, to give the Holy Spirit his due and really just, just kind of point to who he is and who he's meant to be for us and what the, this relationship that we have is supposed to look like. Would you stand? Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you that you loved us. We thank you that, that nothing that we can ever do will change that. Our standing with you is always solid. You will never leave us or forsake us. You constantly want to, to grow us, to teach us. Give us ears to hear you, God. I, I, I just pray that this morning... Holy Spirit, just, just speak into our lives. Show us more about this, this new creation we're meant to be. Give, give us revelations. Spirit, we, we, we just ask you to move in power in our lives. In prophecy and truth and healing. We, we, we want it all because it's from you it is good. Yeah. Give us the wisdom to know how to, to use the gifts that you have given us well to bless others, to honor and glorify you, God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We love you. In your name I pray.
Thank you so much, Dave. Yeah, thank you so much, Dave. That was, that was a good message. Great reminder uh, for all of us that we owe it to ourselves to discover the purpose that God has for us. And you know what I love? Is that he loves us so much that he actually wants to share it with us. He's not withholding it from us. And so um, I love that about our message this morning. And the Holy Spirit actually comes alongside to actually help us become all that God has intended us to be and to fulfill the call and purposes of our lives that he has already known ahead of time before we were ever formed in our mother's wombs. There's been a holy plan for you and I and every person on the face of the planet to fulfill, and he's already known what it was. And so it's a beauty to discover that with him and with each other. And so I love this morning. We would love to pray for you if you would like that this morning. Maybe you have heard this message this morning. If you're watching online, um, we would love to pray for you. You can go to dothancf.com slash prayer and ministry team. Someone will be in touch with you to pray with you, to pray for you. It can be related to this message. It can be for any need. It can be for encouragement. It could be for whatever you call and ask us for. We will pray for you. And this morning, if you'd like prayer in your in-house, we'd love to be able to pray for you. If you would like to raise your hand and our ministry team and leadership team will come and pray for you. And we just hope you guys have a great week. And just have this sense of the Holy Spirit's with you. He's for you. He's wanting to communicate and share with you. And so he has multiple ways of doing that because he knows how you hear as an individual person. And so we love you guys. We're so glad you're here this morning in-house. We're glad that you're watching online and that you're connecting. And we hope to see you soon um, in person. We love you guys.